0: Welcome to the ReChoice Podcast.
1: Ever been stuck on repeat? Have you ever rehashed the same story in your head? What was the message of that story? And is it true? Perhaps it's time for a rewrite. What is your ReChoice word? Resilience. Reboot. Recalibrate. Recovery. Welcome to ReChoice, where guests share a moment they chose differently. My name is Joe Pellerito. Today's our episode with Vasavi Kumar discussing the word reincarnate. You can read more at ReChoicePod.com, but now it's time for the show. Just a quick note, this episode is marked as explicit for some occasional language. Vasavi Kumar is a self-expression and confidence coach, licensed therapist, founder of the Real Rich Community, and host of the Being Human podcast. Her approach and perspective allows her to serve a wide range of clients from small business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, and individuals looking to increase their fulfillment in all areas of life. She helps people feel more confident on camera and clear in their creative process. Vasavi is a first-generation Indian immigrant, holds dual master's degrees in special education and social work. She's a former co-host of Studio 512, a lifestyle and entertainment morning show in Austin, Texas. Former host on NBC as the Keepin' It Real Guru and has had her work and life featured by the Wall Street Journal, Fox, and VH1. Woo! Hey, that's impressive, right? There's more I could tell you about our guests, but I'm starting to feel a bit insecure. Perhaps it's a good reminder. We can look spotless on paper, but be crumbling in person. Listeners, what's the script in your head that you rehearse? As I've heard her describe herself, Vasavi is a recovering overthinker, has made many missteps, but has found her voice and is helping many others do the same. Vas, you're speaking my language because that's what we're about on this show. Please welcome Vasavi Kumar. Yo, what a beautiful... (laughs) I am
0: like... I'm like pumped up to hear myself speak right now.
1: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, Hey, and anything, you know, that's just kind of what I pieced together looking through your stuff, but is there anything you want to add or clarify from the introduction?
0: No, I, I love the authenticity in which you,
1: you know, introduced me. And
0: if that's, if that's what you got, then like, yes, like it's good. It's, All right. It's good enough. Yeah. Well, absolutely.
1: Speaking of something good, we like to start with something good around here. So, Hey, what what's something good that's going on in your world
0: you know today i uh, i committed to having like a lazy unstructured morning as someone who typically gets up and hits the ground running i'm like okay can i just like turn down the volume a little bit so yeah. got up drank my coffee, read a few pages of Will Smith's new memoir called Will. If you haven't read it, it's so good. It's like, oh, nice. wow. yeah. oh my God, it's so good. Just like laid in bed, read, drank some coffee, practiced some of my acting. I'm back into acting. I'm doing my monologue. So it was just very like free flowing. It was a very creative flowy morning for me. And that was good. Hey, it's that important
1: to be in flow. And I know you're going to be going to yoga later too. Yes. And, and by the way, isn't that another thing? You're a yoga instructor. Is that true?
0: You know, it's so funny. (laughs) I I went to yoga. I went to India to study yoga. And I really honestly thought I was going to come back here to the States and teach. But I honestly think that experience was just for me, just so I could get reconnected to my body.
1: I also start with three quiz questions. You have no idea what they're going to be. And so all three of these are different locations. And they're going to start in the present and kind of go back in the past. The first one's a slogan, though. It's three words. Blank is a slogan inspired by comments made by Red Wessonich in 2000 while giving a pledge to a local radio station. He wanted to highlight the unique things about his city. However, a couple years later, that slogan was trademarked and Red couldn't use it anymore. In his words, this was sad proof that commercialism is winning. Red passed last year. But a parting shot on his website reminds people that the oversized coffee mugs for sale that state the city slogan to support local businesses are made in China. So what is the slogan that many other cities have actually taken? It's three words. What do you think? I'm going to give you some clues. Okay. Portland. Also Portland.
0: Oh, yeah. Got it. Got it. Keep Austin
1: weird. Keep, Keep... Austin weird. You got yes, it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got it. Got it. Yes. Yep. So Portland took it on in two thousand three, Louisville in two thousand five, Indianapolis in two thousand it just really in two thousand thirteen it caught on and I've always you know, I've seen so many of those shirts. I love that. Yes. What is something you love about Austin?
0: What I love about Austin is that it's a beautiful blend of city and suburbia. So I grew up on Long Island, New York, Mm -hmm. Long Island, Strong Island. Can you tell by the annoying accent? But I grew up on Long Island, New York, like maybe 30 minutes away from Manhattan by train. So I really have the best of both worlds, right? Like I'm definitely a need my SUV with my coffee, strip mall, nail salon, love going (laughs) to the mall kind of girl, but I also just love, you know, driving into the city or taking the train and then just walking on concrete, you know, and just being on foot. So I love that about Austin because I, you still get that blend. It's just not as big and it doesn't feel as chaotic.
1: So my, my wife and son and I, we're, we live in Michigan, but the last time we were in Austin, of course, we just loved walking around, seeing the state capitol, seeing seeing the bridge, of course, with all the bats flying out. It's It's a weird, cool city for sure. It really is. And that's where you're joining us this morning. Is that correct? Yes. Well, number 2 yeah. you kind of alluded to already, so good job on quiz 1, quiz 2. Thanks. With over 8 million residents, over 40% of the state's population lives on this island. A density of 5,595 people per square mile. It's the most populated island in any US state or territory. Where is this? Long Island. Long Island and that is Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Well, look at that. I you were ahead that. of the game on that one. Oh, you yeah. didn't you didn't know those facts. Is what you're no. saying. It's it's pretty incredible, isn't it? I mean, when you think island, I don't think of Long Island. I think of uh, I don't know, Hawaii or something like that. But Yeah. That to, to know that forty percent of the state's population is is there. But this yeah. is this is where you grew up, huh?
0: That is where I grew up. I haven't been back in so long, actually. I I was gonna go back like right before Christmas, but my parents sold our you know, childhood home. They live in Philly now with my sister and their family and her family and her kids. But I, I do want to go back to Long Island. I have it. My childhood therapist lives on Long Island. Um, I started going to therapy when I was 12. So she was my therapist for 16 years until I got oh, wow. married. 16 years of my life. Yeah. She
1: was my therapist. We might get into this a little bit later in the story, but just in short, what was it like to grow up there?
0: It was, <laughs> it was hard. It that was, was a big absolutely-
1: question, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was hard. I mean, my initial reaction was like, "Fuck those people." Yeah, that's my yeah, that's my initial reaction. If you want to know my completely unfiltered, it's like, "Fuck." Hey, all those this people. is
1: unfiltered. I, I love. Yeah, that. like
0: yeah. my initial reaction is, "Fuck those people who made fun of me for being Indian," and and my mom would wear a dot on her forehead, the bindi. It's called the bindi mm-hmm. in our religion. Women wear the the dot on their Forehead, people would make fun of us and say, My dad, you know, oh, do you just drink Slurpees and does your dad work at 7 Eleven? Because, which right. he didn't, my dad did not work at, but it was hard. It was really, it was really hard. I don't have positive feelings other than like pizza and bagels, right? Having great pizza and bagels on Long Island. I don't have positive feelings towards Long Island. I'm almost just like, eh, all right, like I don't have negative feelings. I just, I feel nothing. I sometimes just feel nothing. But now that we're talking about it, I'm like, yeah, fuck that place. <laughs> well, yeah. and
1: maybe that explains a little bit why you're like, you know, I haven't gone back there. So, yeah. well, thank you, and um, yeah. good job on question two. We are now on question three, moving back even further in time, sort of, okay? <laughs> Established yeah. in 1754 as King's College on the grounds of Trinity Church in Manhattan, it's the oldest institution of higher education in New York, one of the nine colonial colleges founded prior to the Declaration of Independence. In fact, following the American Revolution— it was placed under a private board of trustees headed by former students, Alexander Hamilton and John Jay and renamed blank
0: Columbia University.
1: Oh, yeah. There we go. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, why do you think I'm asking that question?
0: Because I went there for my master's. In, oh God, You have some very good questions. Um, <laughs> I, I went there for my master's in social work. And uh, yeah, that's I went there in 2010. It was, it was a great experience.
1: Why social work?
0: I, from a young age, just wanted to use my life to help other people. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. I mean, I just I I thought that was the path to go down. And I'm, I'm so glad that I, I went through my social work program, you know, everything I look at when I look, when I talk to people, when I talk to anybody, I look at everything through the psychological lens, Mm -hmm. like psychological process. That's just, I've been like that since I was a kid. I just, I'm always, why do people do what they do? Why do people feel the way they feel? Why do they behave the way they do? I just knew from a young age, I, I'm, I'm, God put me on this earth to help other people. So, and also my exposure to therapy from the age of 12, you know, and, and being on the others on the receiving end of therapy, you know, it just made sense for me to start offering to being, being a therapist and, Paying that forward to other people.
1: And I can hear that in your podcast. Um, I can hear that really in, in all that you do. So it doesn't surprise me, I guess, that master's of social work. But I said dual master's, right? So you also have one in special education.
0: Yes, I got my first master's in special ed when i had to go through student teaching i was like screw this i our school system is jacked i don't want to work in our school system so yeah. i and then i went to india for a year and i worked with survivors of sex trafficking and then it was then when i realized i had such a good way with people especially like women i like i just i just really connected with all the young girls that i was Helping and working with, and then I was like, okay, I'm ready for what's next. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a therapist. I'm gonna be a social worker. And then I, I was in India and I applied to Columbia's program while I was in India. When I got back, I got accepted.
1: Well, bravo, bravo, and Thanks. I just think that's wonderful. What really, what you're, you're paying it forward in a lot of ways. Yeah. We're gonna go right officially into your rechoice word. This is the part where you actually announce Vasavi Kumar. What is your rechoice word? Reincarnate reincarnate and we have not had that one yet so go ahead and a short definition what is that
0: well being a hindu and reincarnation being one of the main tenets of our religion reincarnate for me means the ability to be reborn over and over and over again mm-hmm. and and uh, allow ourselves to change and morph into different forms throughout this lifetime
1: so it's almost like a, a life stages thing too then in terms yeah. of what's uh, what's shedding what's new
0: yeah, like uh, you know, a lot of times we think of reincarnation like after we die, but it's like you can actually reincarnate into different forms while you're still alive, right? I'm not the same person that I was last month, 10 mm-hmm. years ago, 5 mm-hmm. years ago, 10 years ago, we have the ability to be reborn every every day. We are reborn every day. Literally every day we can we can be somebody new if we choose to
1: be. You know, looking at your resume, uh, I I think I heard you say something like this in one of your episodes that you said, you know, how is it that someone so smart and aware can get stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, Self-awareness is really a superpower. Mm -hmm. What does that make you think of?
0: Knowing everything about you. I mean, obviously there's so much that you're constantly learning, but like knowing what you love, knowing what you hate, knowing your needs, your wants, desires, knowing why you do what you do, knowing yourself better than anybody else. Um, Understanding yourself from a place of curiosity rather than beating yourself up. Mm -hmm. Right. Like using, being so appreciative, Of awareness versus, I, you know, that's something I've worked on a lot and I continue to work on is not being a victim to my awareness. A lot of times I think when we notice new stuff about ourselves, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe I do that. But it's like, that's like, just what is that energy, right? Like, it's just like, wow, Mm -hmm. I can't believe Mm -hmm. I discovered this about myself. So that's a new kind of energy that I'm really leaning into. But self awareness is everything because here's the thing, we're constantly told, from childhood who we should be who we shouldn't be what we need to do what we shouldn't do do this do this do this do. and at some point we have to start listening to ourselves because otherwise we are not in the driver's seat of our life like who we are is not even real it's just we are just pieces of other people who have told us who we need to be and who we should be and then we wake up and we're like wait why do i do this thing why do i believe in this thing wait how come I talk in this way? Why do I think this way? Oh, that's not even how I feel. It's what I've been told to feel.
1: Mm. Yeah. The phrase that I just picked up on that I really love is looking at ourselves in curiosity and not judgment. How quickly do many of us do that?
0: Yeah. 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 Every I mean, and I'm I'm saying this from not I haven't mastered that. I want to be straight up with your audience. I have not mastered that. It is and I, I don't even give a shit about mastering it. Like we're always about mastery. It's like it's a moment-to-moment, moment. and when you you focus more on moment-to-moment, moment, you will eventually reach mastery, if that's your goal. But it's like I just want moment-to-moment to, moment to not be an asshole to myself. <laughs> I mean my goal in life is not to be an asshole to myself because I know how to be – I can, I am the mean girl to myself, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like the nice one to everyone else, but I'm the mean girl to myself. So I'm just, every day for me is like, how can I say this kinder to myself? How can I be more gentle and firm to myself? How can I be more disciplined with myself? Discipline is self-love for me, right? When I'm disciplined with myself, it's an act of love. And so how can I, how can I deepen that love and, and trust with myself? How can I build that relationship with myself and be kind about it?
1: You're making me think of a quote that's that, be careful how you talk to yourself because you're you're listening.
0: Yes. I love that. Yeah.
1: You're a high achiever. What was some of the self-talk you had growing up, even in that high performance mindset?
0: Well, on a good day, it would be like, you're doing great, boss. Keep going. You got this. That's on a good day. Mm -hmm. On a good day, it's yes, you were born for this. On a bad day, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you such a loser? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's on a bad day. On a bad day, it's like, you're so fucking dumb. Like, you're so dumb. Keep going. Like, not even keep going, because that's actually, that's actually more positive, but it'd be like, you're such a loser. You're such a loser. You should be farther along by now. What the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have both voices. It's just, I get to choose. I have a choice in those moments and you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poo poo on the negative voices. Cause that, that got me out of a lot of dark periods too. Sure. You know, when yeah. I was addicted to cocaine for four years, what drove me to rehab other than the fact that I blew all my money on blow. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my, you know, what got me to rehab was you were such a loser. If you don't get your life together, you're like, you're fucked. That, that voice actually wow.
1: helped me. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? Maybe another rechoice word which I know you didn't pick this word, but I I hear the word resist meaning uh, you're loyal to your habits,
0: right? I'm a Taurus. I'm a a Taurus. I'm stubborn as a bull. Are you kidding me? Yeah.
1: And what you're reminding me of, and again, I'm actually really borrowing from other episodes I've heard from you, but that, you know, we don't feel the urgency to change until we can't tolerate the pain anymore. And that, that's what reminds me of what your voice is saying is that, Hey, that, That survivor voice or beating me down, it's almost like, do I still want to do this? Because this sucks. Is this really what I want to keep doing? Yeah. One thing I also appreciate is how how you keep things simple as well. I mean, isn't that one of your goals?
0: Yeah, well, you know, as someone who was diagnosed with a mental illness mm-hmm. at the age of 19, you either, you know, you either become a victim, of it, you, uh, you either become a victim to it, you feel sorry for yourself, or if you're being diagnosed with the illness of the mind, you learn how to think. What you are seeing with me and hearing is years of uncomplicating shit. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I use that as fuel. First of all, when I got that diagnosis, so I have the diagnosis of bipolar disorder, right? And when I was diagnosed, I felt such a sense of relief. And so I learned how to think. I mean, what you're the delivery and how I say things is years of me learning how to think. I don't like to complicate things. I think our Mm -hmm, mind mm -hmm. really toys with us. And when you're given a illness diagnosis, you can either stay in the sickness and feel sorry for yourself, or you can learn how to get better, how to think better how to think more clearly. And that's what I've taught myself is like, I do not focus on the problem. Do not, Like mm-hmm. I can sit because like my mind can go there. I can go down the rabbit hole of like anxiety, worry, stressing out, future tripping, you know, thinking about the worst case scenario. And that's helped me in a lot of ways. But it's also like, I don't actually like feeling that I don't want to sit in, sit and swim in the problem. So I've taught myself how to think.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah. being honest and the other, I guess, big thing I'm hearing is taking responsibility.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I've always waited for somebody. And I, I think also as women, we're trained to wait for a man or someone to save us, mm-hmm. a partner. And um, I got caught up in that, right? I got married thinking that my husband was going to save me and blah, blah, blah. And this was it. And that didn't work. Divorced him after three years. And I, I waited for men to save me emotionally, waited for like my next big thing. like, And it's like, no, like I'm it. I'm the person. I'm the person that's going to save me. So I just, I I do take radical responsibility for myself. And I know when I'm not taking responsibility, I can tell when I'm not taking responsibility in a certain area of my life because I feel powerless. Hmm. The way that I get my power back is to be honest with myself and do what I got to do. And I know what I got to do. There's no like, oh, I don't know. Like, I I don't live in the I don't know. I do know. I'm just not doing it, right? Or I'm not being honest or I'm not asking for the support.
1: So what do you think keeps people from either A, having a lack of self-awareness or be being able to take responsibility.
0: I think if you're told from a young age to listen to everyone else, but yourself, you don't trust yourself to do it right. We expect the solutions and the answers and all the things to be outside of us. And so we don't even believe that we have the power Mm -hmm. to change our lives that we, we don't actually even think we are enough. We've been told to rely on external sources I don't think people are lazy. I don't think they're stupid. I don't think they don't care. I think we care very much. But we've been trained to believe that someone or something out there is better or more powerful than we are and right. we ourselves are. So that, that's what I think it we is. is. We're, we're delusional and we're living in this dream state thinking that other people are coming to save us. But it's like. We are it. we are our own saviors. We are the creators of our life, and if you've been you know you' told from a young age, raise your hand, stand in line, don't speak up, you know, don't think outside of the box don't don't, 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 don't so then there's like disconnect, disconnect, disconnect from ourselves, right so even if we have a great idea, you get one shitty teacher or mm-hmm. one cynical parent who's like that's a bad idea, that's our authority that we're're we're, we're looking to that authority to kind of give us that permission. And if you haven't been graced with the ability to be able to think for yourself, you can fall into that trap of, okay, well, I guess this is just the truth because he or she told me this way, t- told me that this is the way it is. But I was very lucky by the grace of God. I questioned everything. I never took no for an answer. Whenever my parents said no, I said why. And then I would get in trouble <laughs> for that. I'd get hit for that. I'd get hit wow. for asking why. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't care. It's like, okay whatever i'm I'm, i don't i don't just like bow down and be like oh okay all right because you said so like who are you to tell me what's right and what's wrong and who are you i mean yes i understand like morals and values i'm very grateful my parents instilled a lot of values but i wasn't about to let anybody tell me how to live my life from a very from a very young age it took me a lot of different paths to obviously get to who i am today where Mm -hmm. i am today joe and not all of them were the healthiest but i i now see why i chose all those paths and i I'm not necessarily grateful for those paths because a lot of those hurt me in so many ways, emotionally, physically, spiritually. But I'm grateful for who I've become as a result of the things that I've gone through.
1: Yeah, and that's that's really what this show is all about. So self-awareness is a superpower. And would you also say sobriety is a superpower?
0: Yeah, I mean, not when I'm going through a really hard time and my tendency, you Mm, know, and that's where you reach
1: for maybe something external. Right
0: yeah yeah sobriety of on all levels, right, for me, my drug of choice was relationships I' uh, always reaching to men, always reaching to relationships, alcohol, um cocaine, which is why I went to rehab, and I've been clean for two and a half more than two and a half years from cocaine it the ability to be able to sit, process, be with my emotions, feel my feelings like two days ago I was pissed off about something. And that little voice in my head, that little attic brain of mine was like, just go to the convenience store and like get a Mm -hmm. bottle of wine. Just Mm -hmm. fucking get drunk. Like no one will know. No one will know. Right. Like that's the voice in my head. And I was just like, oh, my God, stop. And I was like, just get get your ass inside the house. And I got inside the (laughs) house, came home, put on my pajamas, watched an episode of Seinfeld, went to bed. And the reason why I'm sharing this story with you is because. You said before about me being honest. Someone mm-hmm. else asked me this on an interview, too. They were like, why are you so honest? Or like, how are you so honest? And I said, it's life or death. If I'm not honest, I'll burn my life to the ground. Mm-hmm. Because see, mm-hmm. if I can lie about small shit, I can lie about the big stuff. Yeah, You know, and that will destroy my life. So sobriety for me has definitely been my superpower because I can be with anything. I don't need to run from myself. I'm not afraid to confront myself. I welcome it. I welcome it. I want to know. Like, I want to look at the ugly. I'm not afraid to look at myself. I may not like what I have to see, but I'm I'm even past the point where it's like, I don't like this. It's like my comfort is not up for discussion. It doesn't matter if I like it or not. I'm put here on this earth for a reason. What I like and don't like and my comfort, it's irrelevant.
1: I, I'm so, so glad that you really brought out the umbrella there that sobriety is not just about the the obvious things we hear on the news or something it's it's you you said the word relationships you know which what am i depending on where's my comfort is it uh video games is it i mean there's there's so many things we could list right now in other words what is keeping you from being still and being comfortable and being still would you would you agree with that
0: yeah yeah no that's that's actually it and people are like well what do i do instead of those things and i i honestly just say sit your ass down Mm -hmm. Just sit. Just sit. Literally do nothing. Like I have such a clear image that I'd love to paint. I probably won't do it any justice. But it was within the first six months of my recovery. Oh, my God, I wasn't working. Okay. So this was I'm two and a half years clean. I got sober in what 2019 again for the second time. And then because I relapsed before that. And I remember it was like first four or five months of my recovery, right? I wasn't working. So I wasn't doing podcast interviews like this. I wasn't mm-hmm. running a eight week group coaching program, one on one client. I, all this stuff that you mentioned about me in my business, I didn't, I didn't have, I created all of that as a result of my sobriety, but my mom was paying for everything. My mom was paying for my bills. I, I didn't even get manicures because I was like, I'm not going to ask my mom money for manicures. Like, you know, like we're <laughs> doing ba- And so my mom really helped me out because she's like, listen, just, and I'm very lucky. I get that. I'm grateful. Not everyone has that luxury, but I, I needed to do that. And I'm grateful that I had the space to do that. So literally every day I'd wake up and I'm like, okay, what am I doing today? I'm not helping anyone. I'm not coaching anybody. Like I don't have my job on TV. I'm not, I don't have clients. So I literally learned how to build my life day by day. And I remember sometimes I didn't have anything to do. I didn't want to read. I didn't want to, and I'd lay on the couch and I'd look up at the ceiling and I'd listen to what I was telling myself. And I was so mean. I was like, you are such a loser. Hmm. Look at you. You are 38 years old. Your mom is paying for your bills. She has to send you Google pay money to pay your bills. You have to report. You have to take P tests, piss tests Hmm. every few weeks. Like look at, look at how, much of a loser you are. My insecurity has really helped me become successful in my life. I just want to say that because I never wanted to be and feel like a loser and feel small because of how much I felt like a loser and small growing up on Long Island. That has been my fuel for most of my life. I'm okay with that. Like most of like the confidence that you see that has been constructed is all a result of me running from my insecurity. But that did catch up with me, right? Because I ended up, I'm grateful for it. And I'm not like, I don't judge it. Like some of the most successful people that you see, most of the successful people that you see are running from something don't want to feel a certain way. And for me, my life got handed to me on a platter. My ass got handed to me on a platter because I I surrounded myself with the wrong people, my company, the guys that I dated, you know, I, I dated an addict, I became an addict. And I had to address that part of myself. I always said you know, I'm not powerless over drugs and alcohol. I'm powerless over people. And when I don't have power over people, namely the men in my life relationships, I end up using. So I'm, I'm very consciously single right now. That's my thing. I don't want to be in a relationship right now. I'm not I'm not sworn off from relationships. But I know right now in this season of my life, cultivating the most rock solid relationship with myself is my number one priority.
1: Right, so I hope what the listeners hearing is, you know, what, what do you use to run away? You know, because e- either way, mm-hmm. it's going to catch up, right?
0: Yeah, no, th- that's exactly right. And here's the thing I tell everyone, you don't have to hit your proverbial rock bottom. You know, you don't have to burn everything to the ground. Please don't. That's why I share this story. And like, people come to me and ask me to coach them around their sobriety. And ad- and I, I don't, it, you know, this is my job. Ger- I'm, I'm not going to help people with that. That's just not my thing. I help you get confident on camera. I, mm-hmm. I have blessed my, you know, years of therapy and TV experience, and that's what I do. My sobriety, has made me powerful. My sobriety has made my delivery powerful. Who I am more powerful than I could ever imagine being if I was using or even dabbling with drugs and alcohol. Right? Like I have colleagues who drink every so often, who smoke weed every few couple of days, and that's not me though. I, I can't do that anymore.
1: Well, I just th- care. yeah. Thanks for letting me go into that topic. I I think one of the reasons I went there is because I had listened to your interview with Ruby Warrington. Excellent, excellent interview, by the way. That that caught my eye. The book titled "Sober Curious" that she wrote. Um, Yeah, and the reason why it caught my eye is I was like, I think my wife read that, so I I share this with my wife's permission. She's over 180 days sober from alcohol, and I'm 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 very proud of her for that. But to kind of connect it back to what we were talking about, she referenced it as a it was a moving target. You know, there was plenty more to work on herself. This time of being still has been. Really I'm just proud of the work she's doing. Well so, here's
0: the thing, the drugs, yeah. the alcohol, that's the blatant issue. That you gotta detox from the most blatant issue and then you can hit the latent issues, the underneath issues.
1: I pick a word for the year. Have you ever heard of a one word challenge?
0: I have in some shape or form, yeah. But keep but uh tell me more.
1: Well you're you're gonna help me because my word this year is clear. Ooh, I love that. This whole conversation's just Causing me to reflect on what's in my way. What is it that I need to do? What are the practices I need to do to be mindful, I guess, to keep things simple so that I can be more 100 percent, I guess.
0: One question that I would always ask is, how am I complicating the shit out of this?
1: <laughs> yeah, That's right.
0: I just... Like, and that's another way you're doing a lot of things. You are interrupting the pattern of complication. You are confronting yourself. You're becoming honest with yourself, right? There's so many things that you're doing when you ask them, how am I complicating this? Or you can say, what's an easier way to do this? If you're, if you're not there yet, though, in solution, at least confront how you are the problem. You are the problem and you are the solution, period. People might mm-hmm. not want to hear that because with that comes a huge sense of responsibility. I would rather take 100 percent responsibility for my life than hand over my power to anyone else ever again.
1: you know what I love about that, that moment to moment. That's what I'm hearing there. It's not what yeah. do I what do I need to do? It's no, what what don't I need to do? What am I doing to complicate this? That's great, thank you. yeah,
0: yeah. What am I doing to complicate this? Another question could be, how can we lean into ease? What mm-hmm. would easy look like with this situation, Whatever it is, whether it's traveling? I'm just thinking about like <laughs> joe when i when I grocery shop. I mean, like I went to culinary school, so it's like I'm such a, I'm such a foodie, but I've also been like, I just want someone to cook for me. Anyway, the process of me getting groceries or either ordering or going to the store, it's like a huge thing. And I think when I was married, I was extremely domestic. I was a domestic goddess. I would cook and make all this stuff. And now I'm a single girl. I'm just like, oh, my God, I, I don't care. I like I, I'll make I still cook for myself because I'm an excellent cook. Food is not my number one priority anymore. And I spent two hours yesterday, Joe and listeners figuring out what my grocery list was going to be. <laughs> and at some point I was like, this is ridiculous. Vasavi, what are we doing? Okay. At the end of the week, I'm going to literally write down my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner. I'm going to eat the same thing every morning, which I'm a creature of habit. So I'll do smoothies. And so I just made, I just called myself out on it. So you can use these questions with anything in life.
1: Philosophy. There's two two directions I want to go here. One would be being human, and the other is your real rich community. And when I when I saw real rich community, of course, I thought immediately of uh, hey, making some money or something like that. But I think there's a reason why you maybe phrased it as real rich. What's it mean to be real rich?
0: If we break that up, real is. When we're we're speaking about being you, being real, being honest, and rich is really the opposite of what I consider being spiritually bankrupt, like mm-hmm, stop being mm-hmm. dead on the inside. I used to be that person, if you were to ask me, what are your hobbies? I'd be like, uh, I don't know. And that for me feel, feels like being broke, not broken, but like being empty on the inside. You don't have stuff that lights you up, you know, like, and so I really have worked on creating and cultivating hobbies for myself and expanding my richness by doing the things that I've been wanting to do. And so I'm really rich on the inside. And by that, that I means like I'm not one dimensional mm-hmm. and I want my clients and I want my members and I want everyone that I talk to to have a rich life. So what are you doing outside of your business? Your business cannot be the center of your life. You are, you're the core of everything, right? So mm-hmm. it's like you're the foundation and if you don't have substance, you don't have a foundation. Nothing else is going to be built strongly on that, right? Strategy without a sense of self is pointless. People out there, you know, like all these Facebook ads about get this PDF, get that PDF, work yeah. with this code, work with that. It's like you're going to go broke trying to take everyone else's advice and applying it to your life and business and you don't know who you are. A simple example. You know how everyone is on the uh, webinar bandwagon. Take my free webinar. Do this. I'm mm-hmm. like, I had a coach that was like, do you want to do that? And I'm like, absolutely not. That sounds like torture to me. I don't want to do that being that clear about what will work for you and what doesn't. I'll find another way to market to my clients. I'll find another way to enroll, you know, people into my programs. I'm not doing webinars. It feels out of alignment for me. Even when I think about it, my body goes, please don't do that. So, you know, being rich on the inside and how I teach my members to do that in my community, in their community, actually, they lead the calls. We have four calls a month. My members lead once a month. And we get them on a Zoom. We get them presenting on their topic. We give them feedback on their camera presence, on their delivery, on their content, on their structure. I don't need to be anyone's guru, Joe. I don't want to be anyone's Mm -hmm. guru. I know a lot of people look up to me, but a sign of a good leader and a true leader is to help you lead in your own life. I don't want to create a mini Vasavi. You can never be me. I'm me.
1: I'm so glad you brought up the word guru. I was going to ask you that, what you thought about that title that maybe sometimes people give you.
0: Guru in Sanskrit it's a Sanskrit word from our scriptures guru literally means remover of darkness. I don't Ooh, mind that. Okay. Like yeah, yeah gu- guru means remover of darkness. So yes in a way we're all gurus, right? We all help we help our friends remove darkness, maybe you know ignorance. Oh, I'm dating this guy and he blah 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 and like a girlfriend will be like, "Oh, he's just using you." Like in, in her own way she's removing darkness from her friend's eyes right like from her for friends um perspective we're all gurus but the problem is we 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 need to become the gurus of our own life i help my clients really lead in their own lives and i've created a space where they can lead where they can show up where they can be themselves where they can ask the questions not feel stupid for asking for help and so that's the kind of lowest bar to entry to work with me is within the community.
1: What I love about that, to contrast that to a webinar, that's one way and there's no interaction. I mean, you're giving skills. You're letting people practice in a safe community. Yeah. I just think what you're, I say delivering, but really what they're gaining, your members, is is really a sense of, what's the word? Not advocacy. That's not the right word. Agency. That's what I was yeah. trying to
0: think of. Yeah, that's that's a good word.
1: Now let's uh, go to your podcast. I love the, even the title. I thought that was clever. Being human versus human being. Where did that come about, and uh, what what do you like about it?
0: What I love about being human and the title, just all that, just came from allowing ourselves to be human. Like we don't have to always be perfect. We don't always need to be worrying about what other people are thinking. Can I just be me? Like just be human. That's the space that I give my clients. When when people are in my presence, they can fully be themselves. I had a client. She lives in Austin. She came over last night for dinner. I invited her over and she goes, can I tell you something? I haven't told this to anyone. I'm like, by all means, go ahead. People just have so much inside of them, which they don't allow to be expressed because they're afraid of what other people will think. I always want people to know that no matter what you tell me in my presence, nothing's going to faze me. There's nothing you could tell me that I haven't already experienced that feeling or done the same thing. So just be yourself, be human with me. You don't need to put on false pretenses. It's boring. Stop (laughs) being boring and lame and, and trying to be somebody that you're not, you know?
1: No, that's great. So circling back now to the, the rechoice word of reincarnate, is there anything else you want to say about that word?
0: Oftentimes, when you sit with that person that you could be, the future self, you imagine yourself to be this person who eats in a certain way, who dresses in a certain way, who talks in a certain way, who travels, who has experiences. Like, you know, I feel like all of us in, at some point in our life have envisioned a future version of ourselves. When we look at who we are today and then we have that vision of who we could be, we can often feel disheartened and discouraged because we're like, oh, my God, I have such a long way to go. And what I want to say is, no, you you are not meant to be that person right away. But what you can do is start embodying and incorporating and integrating the qualities of your future self little by little by little by little consistently every day into your present world. And one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be that person that you've always envisioned. So what I'm saying is, we expect ourselves to just reincarnate into this future self, it can feel so far away. And what I'm saying is with reincarnation, reincarnating who you are to who you can be, be patient with yourself, be consistent, small steps. Right. Small mm-hmm. steps every single day, consistently. Stop trying to change your whole freaking life overnight. It took you so many years to get to who you are today. You think all of a sudden you're just going to change. And that, that just like that. And the biggest complaint and the biggest struggle that my clients come to me with is like, I'm not consistent. I don't follow through. And it's like, OK, well, stop trying to change your entire life in one day. It's the little shit that adds up. In my recovery, I'm not even kidding you, I started with, okay, I'm going to make sure first thing in the morning, instead of going straight to coffee, I'm going to drink water first thing in the morning. I'm going to drink 30 ounces of water in the morning. I drink an entire Yeti uh, tumbler of water first thing in the morning. I take my thyroid medication. I added that. That was the first thing that I did in my recovery. I added a little lemon and Himalayan salt to it. I go, okay, let me do this for 30 days straight. Let me just get this down for 30 days straight. Then the next 30 days... I said, I'm going to walk every day for half a mile, half a mile, not a mile, half a mile. Can I just get my ass up and start walking the dog? Right. So you got to build every day. Look at yourself as your greatest project.
1: Speaking of, I don't know if you can hear my dog. He's scratching his collar right now. But anyway, I appreciate you saying that. The other thing I appreciate, you were talking about having a conversation with your future self. And so many times we talk about having a conversation with our past self Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. I would imagine that advice you just gave, is that what you would say to 10 year old boss?
0: I think the advice that 10 year old Vasavi needs is to trust herself. And that he, one thing that I always want to tell her is you're not a bad person. Mm-hmm. You're not bad. Cause uh, you know, my biggest fear in life is always, I don't want you to think I'm bad and and not even like bad, like at something, not bad at something. I'm actually okay with looking like a damn fool. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm doing stand-up comedy, I'm doing acting. They're like, I'm okay with sucking at something. You know what I mean? I But the thing that I I think I she has fueled a lot of my inner child, I don't want them to think I'm bad. And that can show up in so many different ways. Like, oh, if I show up five minutes late or oh, if I have to reschedule something or, oh, if I drop the ball and I forget to send an email, I don't want them to think I'm bad, right? And the feeling of being bad or looking – it's not looking bad. It's like you're going to think I'm a bad person. In my house growing up – It's a shame, I, shame thing. Yeah, it's absolute shame. When when absolutely everything in my house, my mother made us feel like it was a character defect, it was a moral defect. They caught me smoking cigarettes. I don't smoke anymore. They caught me smoking cigarettes. My mom did when I was 12 and she said to me, "You're going to be the reason why your father gets a heart attack," right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, "Oh, let's sit and talk about why you're smoking. Oh, maybe it's because you want to fit in with the white kids at school." Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. what it was. You know, I probably it wouldn't have taken me 27 years to stop smoking if someone just sat down and talked to me. You know what I mean? So it's like everything in my house was like, you're bad for doing this. So I, I grew up with a lot of shame. Like I'm a bad person. It's taken me a very long time and it's still an everyday process, Joe. Even if I wake up a little bit past the alarm, I got to check myself to make sure I'm not telling myself I'm a shitty person for waking up. I, I'm acutely aware of that voice.
1: You seem to be more of an observer these days.
0: Yeah. I just observe it now. I don't let it drive me. Like I'm like, Oh, my God, boss, why are you being so mean to yourself? So this is why I I talk out loud to myself. I say it out loud. All my clients and I, we 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 work on Voxer, which is a walkie-talkie app that we use. All my one-on-one clients, they say it out loud. I have a book deal, and the name of my book is called Say It Out Loud. It's coming out spring of 2023. All right, cool. Yeah, 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 lots of great things. And the name of my book is Say It Out Loud because I truly believe, you know, maybe you felt like no one's ever listened to you your whole life, but at least when you talk out loud to yourself, you're listening. You're listening, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. Lots of good stuff in this conversation, Joe.
1: Where can our listeners find you?
0: I do have a eight week group coaching program called Camera Confident Accelerator. This is specifically for the business owner, podcaster, anyone who wants to be more outspoken in their delivery, get on video more, camera, but it's really more about the confidence to be able to be you and say the thing, and stop filtering shit, and stop being watered down. This is my eight-week group coaching program. We start March 1st. You're going to put the link in the show notes. People can watch a masterclass that I ran on this, and then also I'll give you the link for people to apply for my eight-week program. We begin March 1st. If you want to connect with me, follow me on Instagram. My name is Vasavi. That is my handle on Instagram. And my website is VasaviKumar.com.
1: All right. Well, in conclusion, I just thank you sincerely. You know, you're reminding me of Kelly Fields, who is a principal that I work with in Flint public schools or community yeah. schools. And she recently posted because of what, you know, what's been going down at time of recording, you know, there's a school shooting not too far from her. Mm-hmm. And so she's just posted in a season of the water crisis, pandemic, explosions, school shootings, violence. I'm uplifting those that are grinding, those yeah. that, those that keep pushing, that show up, those that don't let their trauma define their status and bulldoze their way to success with resiliency and an appetite for their best. So, Voss, you're you're real talk. You're helping others with their real walk. I feel like you are a champion. Thank you. And and I mean a champion for others as a verb. You do it as a verb, and I admire that.
0: I admire you. Thank you for saying
1: that. I appreciate it. You bet. So, listeners, make make it a great day. Let's choose forward. Thank you, Voss. Thank thank you, Jeff. Voss, thanks to you since we originally recorded. I am drinking water every morning first before my coffee. Thanks again for your lessons. For all things podcast related, head on over to ReChoicePod.com photos of our guests, access the show notes, check out our merch, give us some feedback, or pick your own ReChoice word. We can't thank our supporters enough. To become a patron, search for us at Patreon or select support the show at our website. Think of it as a virtual tip jar or a motivational high five. We have a lot of great shows in the hopper. Rate, review, and subscribe to the ReChoice podcast on your favorite podcast player And you can follow us on social media. Perhaps you know of someone with a story to tell. Perhaps that person is you. Thank you to my son, Danny Pellerito, for producing our music. And listeners, thank you for stopping by. Reframe your past, renew your present, and reclaim your future. Because after all, it's always a choice. Take take care care, and see you next time. time.